This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Wealth Puzzle Radio. It's Mike Mansfield and Tony Shore. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of whatever we're going to talk about today, Tony. What's it going to be? Why don't you tell us? (laughs) I will actually tell us. I think we're going to talk some about wealth and income strategies and kind of uh, okay. continue our discussion from last week. Kind of a part two, but, you know, That's I know. Right. Yeah, I mean, wealth and uh, what was the title of last week's show? The Great Wealth Transfer. Remember, ah, the yes. baby boomers. Uh, we love our parents. They're so nice. They're giving us $68 trillion. That is awesome. This is smoking awesome. And of that, with it? of that uh, sixty-eight trillion, I think my share that I'm gonna get is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Carry the three. There's a, yeah. Go um, on, go on, say it. Two hundred dollars. So hey, uh, you know I'm what? really not. That gonna... is almost worth quitting your job <laughs> and sitting back and waiting for. <laughs> nope, got to keep working. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. So we were talking last week about the wealth transfer. We we're talking about how over the next 20 years, it's estimated that almost $70 trillion will change hands between parents and children and family. Wow. Just based on the baby boomers and all this stuff. It's crazy, right, Tony? It's crazy. It's a yep. huge amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's astronomical. The, and then last week, what we were talking about is we were starting to talk about just some of the basic kind of pitfalls, concerns, things to think about. We even started at the parent level. We were talking about the efficiency and inefficiency of um, direct versus indirect rollovers when you're dealing with your retirement accounts and, and some of the challenges. Now, you know what's funny about that, Tony, is last week um, I run into somebody, not last week, um, just a few days ago, I run into somebody. Actually, it was last week. I apologize. I'm losing my mind here because it was on Saturday <laughs> and they said, I was just listening to your radio show. So I ran into somebody oh. at uh, Bath and Body Works, of That's course. That's always where fun. Else, where else would I be hanging out? Well, I know out, you right? like to hang out there. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's good. funny because he said, hey, I was just listening to your radio show. And we were talking about it for a second. He's like, you know, that IRA transfer thing you were talking about. I had that exact issue. So. Oh, really? I was like, whoa, that was funny. Look at the, wow. the, the relevance we're spreading around the world. Wow. So, I told you. I things. told you there were listeners out there. You didn't believe me. but there I are. found the one. I finally <laughs> found him. Thank you. No, sir. we get calls every week and we love our <laughs> listeners and uh, I appreciate I know you really appreciate hearing from our listeners. So I want to encourage anyone out there hearing the sound of our voices today. If you have any questions about finances or remotely rated uh, related to finances, you should pick up the phone and give Mike a call at the office. Yeah. Uh, what's the number they can reach you at? Thanks. It's uh, 805-500-7035. And remember... There's always our websites. We've got two websites. I have my main financial planning website, thelindgroup.com. We also have our radio show website, which is wealth. What is it? Crud. It's wealthpuzzleradio.com. Wealthpuzzleradio.com. And on that website, or certainly anywhere you go, you can sign up for the podcast so you can listen to these shows whenever you want versus listening to them on Saturdays live. But hey, 
get a hold of us. Let's talk about things. Give us your questions. Give us your thoughts. Um, share your concerns. Yeah. But hey, so what were we talking about? We talked about transfers. We also got into beneficiary designations. We were talking about the efficiency and inefficiency of how you list people. Uh, we talked about those weird words per capita, per stirpes, whatever the heck that means. Yeah, it sounds like a bad disease. I don't want to know about that. But back to beneficiary designations. Uh, remember, <laughs> I offered up, I offered to help our listeners if they happen to have no family they'd like to leave it to, uh, right, and they right. don't have a favorite charity. Uh, they can use my name, and I will be their beneficiary. That's uh, right. And I think so. Give your social and your address. <laughs> Yeah. And nowadays so they can, can just find down. that on the internet, probably. No, that's true. The the you go do your dark web scan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. So we is. you covered a lot last week. So where do we go from here, Michael? Oh, where do we go? There's so many things to talk about. One of the other things I wanted to touch on this week is I was thinking about this great wealth transfer. The great wealth transfer is a lot of different types of things. It's people's real estate and it's people's stocks and it's their gold coins and it's certainly their retirement accounts. And so we've spent a lot of time talking about the retirement accounts, but there's still probably more there, Tony. One of the other things that I wanted to touch on was required minimum distributions. Woohoo! So as soon as you forget to take a certain amount of a mandatory distribution, it's a 50% penalty. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the IRS wants to darn sure make sure you are pulling your required minimum distributions when you are supposed to be. And if you forget to, then hot dog, you got a little bit of a problem. Now, what's fascinating about it, Tony, is the kookiness and the obscureness of the rules. That's oh. what's insane here. Sure. Okay, so I'm sure all of our listeners are so bored that they go to the IRS website, and I'm sure they're even more so bored that they go to like publication 590B. I'm sure which no is one the has retirement account guide that discusses mandatory distributions. I'm sure everybody has read that. So this is probably just lame, redundant, silly conversation at the moment. No, none of it. No one has done that, Michael, except what? probably except you. Me? And that's why that's why you're here. I'm the only nutter butter. Cool. OK, perfect. So look, publication 590B talks about your required minimum distributions. And so there's a couple weird caveat things about a mandatory distribution that people need to be aware of. So the first one is when we're talking about your own mandatory distribution, so when you still own the account, any idea at what age you got to take it, Tony? Uh, is it 70 and a half? Yes. Because you, the gold IRS. Star here. We're, we're putting, everyone, we're putting a gold star on Tony's forehead right now. They couldn't round up go. or down, so it's 70 and a half. Well, that's what's weird IRS. about it is you just start right there and think about how weird that rule is. Like, who made that up? <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's go with them. How about 70 and a half? Yes, we all agree. Um, so 70 and a half. Now, that's weird for people because 70 and a half, it depends on when your birthday is, right? If your birthday is in the first half of the year, then your 70 and a half age will fall the same year that you turn 70. But if your birthday is in the second half of the year, your 70 and a half doesn't even fall until the following calendar year, right? Right. It's so ridiculous. this gets confusing for people like, wait, I just turned 70. Well, you know, what, what am I supposed to do here? Okay, so step one, identifying 70 and a half. Is it this year or is it next year in a sense when we're looking at somebody, you know, turning 70 when that half is going to happen? So that's part one. Now we go back to the publication. What does the publication say? It's a really weird rule. It says 
the April following the year that you turn 70 and a half. Okay, now let's think about that again for a second. Oh let's say your birthday is in August. Oh my goodness. August 2019. So when is the when do you turn 70 and a half? Not till next year, right, Tony? Right. We're nodding together. Yep. Okay, so it's 2019. Your birthday's in August. You're turning 70, which means you're not even 70 and a half till next year. So 2020, 2020 is now your 70 and a half year. And the book says you don't have to take your first mandatory distribution until the April following <laughs> the year that you turn 70 and a half. So if you turn 70 this year, technically, legally, you don't have to pull any money till 2021. Wow. Like what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's confusing. It is very oh. confusing. Couldn't they have just simplified it by saying 70? No. That would... No, we don't make things easy with the IRS. That would be totally inappropriate. I'm offended they that always you overcom- Why does the government, especially the IRS, always overcomplicate everything to the oh, nth degree? It's a 50% penalty. I want they want their penalties. I mean, that's my witch hunt conspiracy theory at least. Um, but you know, Oh, I, I mean, see. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you probably have a point there. Somebody I'll said think about we how people really screw this stuff up. Oh, so, yeah. let's do this. Let's take a quick break because I'm sure this is fascinating information. So if we do the break now, we know people will come back after the break. So, hey, we're talking about required minimum distributions. We're talking about the great wealth transfer. These are things that impact 99% of the people that I see and talk to. You're probably leaving a few bucks to somebody someday, and you probably have a retirement account that has subject to these mandatory distribution rules. If that is you, let's talk shop. Let's get some detail. Let's figure out how to make the most of this stuff. Give me a call, 805-500-7035, 805-500-7035. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back in a minute to continue our conversation. All right. Sounds great. Listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Michael Mansfield of The Lind Group right after this. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from The Lynn Group by visiting thelindgroup.com or calling us at 805-500-7035. And welcome back to The Wealth Puzzle with our host, Michael Mansfield. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and this discussion has been a good one. We're talking about the great wealth transfer, and then what do you do with that money once you have it? What do you do with that income in retirement? So what happens, though, What happens though, for all those that got confused or don't have a great financial advisor like yourself, and they miss that first RMD or their second RMD, what happens? That's why y'all need to tread lightly with these rules is because it's easy to screw this stuff up the way the government's got it ironed out right now. But if you miss the RMD or you incorrectly take it, which we're going to talk about in a minute, there is a 50% tax penalty on whatever amount you didn't take out. So for example, if you had a $5,000 mandatory distribution, but you only took out 4,000, there's going to be a 50% penalty on that thousand dollars you forgot to take out. So we're going to talk about that more in a second, but look, so a minute ago, Tony, you and I were talking about this weirdness, how, oh my gosh, you just turned 70 in 2019 in August, making you 70 and a half next year. 
the textbook, the IRS publication 590 says you don't have to take it till April of the following year. So if you turn 70 this year in August, you don't have to pull a mandatory distribution until 2021. Now, here's the problem with that is if you follow the IRS rules and you do not pull your first mandatory distribution until the April of the year following 70 and a half, gosh, I feel like I need this on a whiteboard. <laughs> um, then there's a second mandatory distribution that same calendar year that you have to take prior to December. So if you follow the textbook rule, you have to pull two mandatory distributions in the same calendar year wow. for the first one. Yep. Now, here's the issue with that. Timing is everything. You ever heard the saying reverse dollar cost averaging? Susie Orman loved to talk about it in the good old days on her PBS special on TV. Look, <laughs> if you have money invested in the stock market, what if, what if let's go to our example where the person was 2021 and they had to pull it. What if 2021 is the moment the recession hits? Do you really want to be obligated for taking two mandatory distributions out of your account in the same year? That could be very painful. You could blow up some account value. You want to tread lightly with that stuff. So the street rule, Tony, you want to know what the street rule is, man? Down on the corner, what we do? Yeah. We always pull our first mandatory distribution, no matter what, the year of turning 70 and a half. So even though by law we get a weight all the way until the following year, April, we start and take it that same calendar year, we turn 70 and a half. And then we pull the second one the following year. This way we have the ability to spread these distributions. It satisfies the IRS's required minimum distribution rules, but we're not packaging large distributions so close to each other that if it's a bad time in the stock market to be pulling money, we don't massacre our account. You know what's scary? I ran into someone a few weeks ago. And we were talking about things. They had a mandatory distribution that they have to do right now. They took it January 1st automatically, and they took it out of a stock market account this year. Anybody remember what happened the fourth quarter last year and certainly last December? Do you remember, Tony? Um, Any ideas at all? Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. went a little crazy. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It, the market crashed yep. big time through the fourth quarter. Yep. So this, this person's sitting here explaining to me, Oh yeah, my mandatory distribution came out January 1st. And I thought, wait, is it in the stock market? And they said yes. And I said, hmm, that seems like horrific timing to pull your mandatory distribution because you just had the market implode and then you pulled it out at the bottom and now the market has, you know, obviously regained some of its steam. So you got to be very careful how we're pulling these things out and the timing of pulling required minimum distributions. Remember, these distributions are mandatory. You have to do it, but you can be strategic about it. And I think that's what's huge. If you don't have a required minimum distribution strategy, you're not sure how and when to pull the money out, how to make sure you don't be subject to a penalty, dude, give me a call. This is what we do, 805-500-7035. I know that's what you do for your clients. You create uh, retirement plans and retirement income plans to account for all this, right? I mean, obviously, oh, that's right. You know, we we know you don't have a crystal ball, so you don't know when that market is going to crash. But um, you want to be in good shape or prepared, and not have all your eggs in one basket, and make sure you're doing the right thing with your minimum distributions for sure. 
Well, you're so right. I mean, the point is, is when you know that you're creeping up on mandatory distributions, you have to make sure your accounts are properly allocated for it. You got to make sure you got some conservative stuff that isn't going to be stock market drama oriented. Just like the example I said, if the person in January that just pulled their required minimum distribution had the money that they needed to pull in a much more conservative stance instead of in the stock market, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Right. But because they had let it ride because they've been letting it ride their whole lives, <laughs> obviously that becomes an issue. All right. So let's get into some more pitfalls. Now, the next one's kind of interesting because once again, as everybody has read publication 590 and understands all of these retirement account rules, there's something where you get to aggregate the values of your retirement accounts together, add them all up, see how much your required minimum distribution is and pull it all from the same account. You ever heard that before, Tony? Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of sort of true. So what I mean is these aggregation rules say, Hey, if you have retirement accounts that have not been taxed, so those are the main accounts that are going to be subject to required minimum distributions. Yeah. What you do is you use the December 31st value of the previous year. So in this example, last December 31st, you add up the value of all of your accounts on December 31st that are, you know, pre-tax retirement accounts. You pop them into the magic calculator because it, because the calculation is based on your age. It's a life expectancy table Ooh, it's magic. that the IRS uses. And what happens is, is depending on how much your required minimum distribution is, you can pull, you don't have to pull it from all of your accounts. You can pull it from only one account. The IRS just wants the money coming out. So yeah. that comment is 90% true. But not 100% true. But not 100% true. And this right. is another pitfall that I see with people when they're not planning things correctly. So to be able to take advantage of those aggregation rules where you get to add up all of your pre-tax retirement accounts and pull your mandatory distribution from one account, they all need to be individual retirement accounts. IRAs kind of stuff. If you leave a portion of your money in an employer 401k and you also have an IRA and you add up all the, the year-end values and calculate it and you pull it all from your IRA... Guess what, Tony? What? You're going to get a penalty, my friend. You win the grand prize of the IRS sending you a letter, or perhaps they just get a sleeping bag and move into your front room. <laughs> That's what happens. Either way, not good. Either way, you have to be very careful with these rules. So if you still have an employer account after you've retired, you leave your money in your 401k, you cannot take advantage of the aggregation rules. You, in fact, have to pull your mandatory distributions from each account, one from the 401k, one from the IRA. You can't add them together and pull it from one. Hmm. I see that screw people up quite a bit. Yeah, I, I would have thought, oh, I can just send in one. But if you have multiple accounts, you might have to take distributions out of each one, right? If one is still an employer account. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you retire and you leave your money in an employer 401k, you cannot consolidate that 401k with your other accounts and pull a mandatory distribution. You have to pull one from the 401k. Hence, one more reason why oftentimes there is some real value into rolling a 401k into an IRA so that when you have to take your required minimum distributions, you can benefit from these aggregation rules. Sure. I See? think that's great. Uh, you know what? Yeah, Let's talk. Pitfalls. 
Yeah. Uh, let's continue after we take another little break here. All right, let's do it. So, hey, look, we're talking about, you know, wealth transfer. We're talking about required minimum distributions. We're talking about a lot of fun things. If you don't have a proper retirement income plan, if you don't understand how to properly pull your required minimum distributions, if you don't know how to maximize your social security, if you don't know where your income's coming from and your tax liability, you need a plan. This is what I do. Give me a call at the Lynn Group, 805-500-7035, complimentary we will put together a cash flow analysis. We will help you understand how to maximize and show you your income. Give us a call, 805-500-7035. We'll take a quick, quick, quick break. We'll be right back in a second. When you lose a spouse, you are faced with a whirlwind of emotions and decisions. Finances are the last thing on your mind. At The Lynn Group, we focus on making life transitions easier. That is why we've put together a helpful guide that focuses on what women should do before they lose their spouse. Give us a call at 805-500-7035 or thelingroup.com to get your copy. Life transitions are never easy, but we can help. Welcome back to The Wealth Puzzle. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. Our host is Mike Mansfield of The Lynn Group. And Mike, talking about some wealth and income strategies, uh, mainly RMDs. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think it's really important to understand the rules uh, behind this and then some retirement investment and retirement income strategies to help us uh, avoid some uh, costly mistakes that are out there. Right. Well, that's right, Tony. There, there's so many pitfalls with this stuff. And it's kind of funny because we started the conversation last week about the wealth transfer of, you know, mom and dad giving the kiddos the money and, you know, all the steps that should be taken. And to be fair, we spent 80% of all this just talking about mom and dad and the things they need to be aware of with their own accounts. So we're getting there, kids. Don't worry. We're getting there. Wow. Um, you know, obviously before the break, we were talking about required a minimum distribution. Some of the pitfalls I see with people, the timing of taking them, what the penalties are, uh, some of the aggregation rule issues. Now, what happens when the kiddos do, in fact, get the money? You know, well, let's just kind of take one step above it. You know, what happens when someone passes away that owns a retirement account? Typically, you know, and obviously everybody is unique, but maybe, for example, your primary beneficiary is your spouse, right? Right. That's, you know, oftentimes number one. So the spouse has some unique rules when they inherit someone's IRA or 401k, which will turn into an IRA. They have the ability to keep it as a beneficiary IRA in the name of the deceased spouse or they have the ability to take it into their own name and consolidate it with their own IRA account and call it their own. Mm. Now, why would somebody choose to do that or not do that, right? That's a good because question. Because it's case why? by case. Because what? Well, well, it's case by case. And so everything has to do with the tax man. You know, what are the rules with the IRS? And so oftentimes what we're looking at is we're looking at mandatory distribution. So, for example, if the spouse that passed away was an older spouse they probably have a higher mandatory distribution off of that account because it's based on their age. And so if the spouse that inherits this account puts it in their own name, well, if they're not old enough to have a required minimum distribution, then they don't have to distribute any of the money. And if they are having a required minimum distribution, but they're a younger age, the distribution is going to be less, creating less taxation. Mm. So one of the compelling reasons of should you keep it in your own name or should you keep it in your deceased spouse's name has to do with the relationship in age and mandatory distributions. Perfect example. Last year, I met a gal. 
She had an account. We're not going to say where a big local outfit. And she was herself was 88 years old. So her calculation was pretty healthy. And she had an IRA that her husband had left her. And it was funny because the required minimum distribution was $26,000 and the IRA was still in his name. Wow. And I said, why are we doing this? Why, you know, why, aren't, why isn't it in your own name? And she said, I don't even know what you're talking about, right? So we converted the account finally after the spouse being dead for a while. Uh, we converted it into her own IRA. And the same bucket of money generated a mandatory distribution of 13000 uh-huh. So it went from twenty six to thirteen. Talk about a change in income or you know required income. In fact, the previous income was so much money it was putting over the Medicare penalty limit. And oh. then when we changed it, she was below. I mean, nice. talk about a failure, Tony, in financial planning to somebody. Yeah. Somebody I mean, somebody didn't have a, a person like yourself who is knowledgeable and do it looking out for the client. Well, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just nuts. And it, it was so disappointing. And she was fascinated. And her daughter's like, what? What are we talking about? You know? Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was disturbing. So you have to be careful with these rules. And that's just if you're the spouse. If you're a child and you inherit mom and dad's account, non-spousal kind of person, be aware, even if you're not 70 and a half, because you're probably not, you still have to take a required minimum distribution off that money starting by December of the following year. Why, if you're not 70 and a half? Well, that's the rule. The government, once the deceased person is deceased, really wants to start distributing those accounts. So a non-spousal beneficiary, especially, you know, oftentimes these children, they will have a required minimum distribution, Mm. even if they're still 45 years old. Wow. That's so weird. once again, hefty penalties. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of breezed through that because I know we're kind of running well, out now of time. You mentioned here. this, but the penalty is huge, right? It's fifty percent, isn't it? Fifty percent. If you oh. miss a, you know, if you miss a thousand dollars, it's a five hundred dollar penalty. So Ouch. you know, come on, people. So Michael, great show. Is there anything you want to add before we go today? Hey, I'm just fascinated. We could spend a whole show on required minimum distributions. <laughs> I don't that's, know how that's that how happened. low this gets. I do not know how that happened. I didn't even get to what I wanted to talk about today. That's the funny part. But that's what next week's for. So, hey, look, if if you're listening, if you have questions about your required minimum distributions, inheriting accounts, leaving it to spouses, creating tax efficiency with all of that stuff, please give me a call. This is what I do all day long. 805-500-7035. Go visit my main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. Remember, we're located right smack dab in the middle of Ventura. We are across the street from the government center on Victoria. We're easy to get to. We're easy to find. We're certainly easy to talk to. 805-500-7035. Hope everybody has a great rest of their day, and we'll, uh, we'll come be back same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 805- or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC, 
the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.